Yes, hello, this is Kenneth Anderson's podcast, and uh, it's the 7th of June 2021. The time is 19.53, and it is Monday. Now, today we are going to be talking about empathy and showing empathy. How can we have this in our minds all the time? How can we get rid of anything that hinders us into showing empathy? Because there's a lot of hindrances towards getting in contact with our deepest inner core, which is everlasting love and kindness. It comes from the great Creator and His Holy Spirit, Jehovah God. So in order for us to get in tune with Him, get in tune with empathy, we need to examine it. We need to also examine what is not empathy or empathetic so that we know what affects us in a negative way, what pulls us away from showing empathy in our lives. And one of the main things is, of course, the garbage can. As I've been explaining many times, we are all carrying around a garbage can that when we eat from it, we cannot show empathy. When we drink from it, we cannot show love and kindness. It's basically impossible for us to show it. Because in the garbage can, and I can only define my own garbage can, and you can define yours, I define my garbage can as violent video games, violent movies, movies who portray people's bad behaviors as something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by. That also means in real life also, for example, boxing and MMA or any other violent sport where you look at people doing violent things to each other as something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by. The social media also, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the rest of the crap, and also the mainstream media constantly feeds you this fear-mongering. And this is going to eventually bring you down to a low point where you can be molded by the New World Order. So you can ask yourself one question. Where did this Corona passport come from? Because the entire world is talking about it. That's a bit strange when we should be individual countries with individual governments. Well, that's because this entire scam, this entire lie, comes from a centralized place. Of course, I know it, and you might not know it, it comes from an in invisible realm where evil people are worshipping Satan and his demons. And they are doing horrible things uh, to yeah, basically small children, as you can probably heard about the Epstein case, but it goes deeper than that also. So these disgusting human beings, who are they? Well, they are the people who control the politicians, control the mass media, control your mind if you let them control you. But if you say no to it, if you do not allow your mind to be occupied with this garbage from the garbage can, then you can show empathy. Then you can start being molded your mind in the direction that Jehovah God wants us to be molded. He wants us to show love and kindness to each other. He wants us to have a deep feeling of love and connectiveness towards each other. But he does not twist our arms. 
he does not force anything on anybody. So many people are confused about the direction their lives has headed, mainly because of garbage in, garbage out. Mainly because what they occupy their mind with, what they allow their mind to be molded by. So my advice is stop letting yourself be molded by people you do not know and people who do not care about you at all. Saying no to it can be, of course, very difficult, I know, but it's going to be the most uplifting thing that you can do in your entire life when you say no to it and when you start occupying your mind with beautiful people with beautiful minds. People who have went through the same thing that I have by saying no to the garbage from the garbage can. So I can concentrate on finding little gems for me to read out loud to you. And of course, I hope that you also will join me in molding not only my mind, but also molding your own mind. Because it's easy for me to say this, love and kindness and being there for others, showing love and kindness towards others besides yourself, the merciful Samaritan, of course, also. This mindset is very easy for me because I have been doing it for a couple of years now. But that's not to say that <clears throat> I do not have bad thoughts about, yeah, you know the same, uh, you know probably the same uh, bad thoughts that you have, that I also have. That's the tricky part when you meditate and when I meditate, getting rid of these bad thoughts and bad ideas. Because, of course, I've also been molded from the garbage can for many, many years before I said no to it. So allowing my mind now to be molded in the direction that I want, yes, of course, some of the garbage still is lingering in my mind. So it is a constant struggle for me to also occupy my mind with something wholesome, with something uplifting, with something that can make me truly happy and content in life. And of course, I also hope that you will do the same thing, regardless of the struggles that you might face. Because it is a struggle. It is a constant battle between good and evil, and allowing your mind to be open to good things, good people, good personality traits, allowing yourself to be molded in the direction that you know is going to be very beneficial for you, that's the first step to realizing the power you have over your own life. Because the power you have over your own life comes only when you realize that you have been rummaging through the garbage can and allowing your mind to be molded by this trash and crap, it's only when you realize it that you can say no to it and then you can start a more pleasant path in life, a more pleasing path in life. And your friends and your loved ones will truly appreciate you for making this effort to be molded in the direction that you know is going to allow yourself to be become more happy and content and have more vigor in your life. Because otherwise, what's the point? What's the point of getting up every morning if you fill your mind with the garbage from the garbage can? It's going to be a very miserable life I can say that from experience, of course. 
because it was only when I truly started meditating that I truly became aware of what was in my mind. And once I realized what was in my mind, then I can, or I could, through meditation, I could start working on these bad thoughts and bad ideas. So, once I started this journey, I realized that it was going to be 100%, not 99%, you know, little thing from the garbage can't hurt me. Well, I have come to the realization that it can. Then I can start mowing out even more of bad thoughts and bad ideas. Because if Jehovah God is everlasting love and kindness, infinite love and kindness, then I also need to get rid of anything that not resemble this. And that is to be very aware of what I put through my eyes and ears from people who I can see with my eyes now I'm allowing them to be molded from the garbage can. And that's a very sad life, because once you do not have empathy in your life, once you cast that away, then there are only the bad personality traits left. And then you feel angry, then you feel sorry for yourself, then you feel these bad emotions that you might not realize where they come from. But I'm here to tell you, they come from what you occupy your mind with. So let's occupy our mind with something positive. And I start reading out loud from this book. Let's just change the scenes here so I can see where I have been starting in the witty video, this one here. <laughs> So, this book is called Love for Imperfect Things, How to Accept Yourself in a World Striving for Perfection. And we have come to chapter number three, Empathy. And let's see here. If you love someone, embrace him, like the Holy Mother embraces her one and only son. Listen attentively, like there is no one else but him in the whole universe. Look into his eyes like a soul trying to communicate after losing language. Dance together like tomorrow is your final day on earth. The power of hugs. Maybe you heard it said that each time someone embraces you warmly, your life is extended by one more day. Of course, there is no way of verifying whether this is actually the case, but none of us will have any trouble understanding the message. When we find that things are getting tough, a warm, wordless embrace can have more healing power than a logical point-by-point -point explanation of why things are so difficult. Although I cannot get rid of your pain, I will still stand by your side and stick with you even during the most difficult times. The warmest way of expressing this is through a hug. When I first came to the United States, it took a long time for me to get used to the Western way of greeting someone. Instead of bowing politely in the traditional Korean way, I had to learn the casual, unreserved way that friends greet each other. A quick nod and a hi when you pass each other on the street. I had to learn that a handshake is not just uh, clasping the other hands, but also involves smiling looking the other straight in the eyes and ensuring that your grip is not too strong and not too weak. But all of the various methods of greeting someone, the one that took me the longest to get used to was the hug. Especially since becoming a monk, I had become used to greeting people by hapjang, 
putting my palm together in front of my chest and bowing from the waist. Opening my arms wide and embracing someone made me feel somewhat shy and awkward. But of course a greeting is not something that one does alone if you are uh, parting from someone and she opens her arms to hug you, holding out your arms for a handshake not only will make her flustered, but also suggest that you want to keep some distance, which could seem impolite. But after a while, once my relationship with a friend or colleague had become sufficiently close, I learned to hug. Mysteriously, the initial awkwardness had, has gradually disappeared, replaced with a sense of fellowship, intimacy and warmth. <laughs> Recently I heard someone, uh, I heard something, uh, in, interesting studies about hugs, scientific verification, that they do indeed have health benefits. Anthony Grant, a professor of psychology at the University of Sydney, presented research results showing that in addition to reducing anxiety and loneliness, hugs lowers our levels of the hormone cortisol, which gets secreted as a response to stress. This in turn strengthens immunity to pathogens and lower blood pressures. And according to Karen Grieven of University of North Carolina at Capitol Hill, if a couple holds hands and hugs for 20 seconds before leaving the house in the morning, their stress index will be only half that of couples who do not do this. In other words, a brief warm morning hug with someone we love provides us with a protective layer, insulating us from the stress of the day. So this is also very important that we realize this because what does the world tell us about hugs? It's bad for us because of some disease that they have made in a lab. <laughs> so, so here you clearly see that hogs are going to be very beneficial for us. A hog in the morning can actually lower your stress levels and can actually make your day a more pleasant one. So Let's dwell on this a little bit, because a hug is where you meet another person physically, so to speak. It is not just a handshake, a greeting, or in the monk's perspective, where you put your hands together and bow. It is more of an affectionate way of showing another person that you truly care about that person. Because you are actually surrendering to that person. You are opening up. You are disregarding your barriers. You are taking away your barriers. You are opening up 100% to that person. And that person in, in, in returns do the same thing to you. So a, a hug is one of the most important things that we humans can show each other. It is a physical gesture that shows us that we truly care and love for another person. So very importantly that we do not hesitate to give each other hugs. As a monk, there are times when I have to offer people such a protective layer. One such instance still lingers in my memory. It was a book signing in a large bookstore in Seoul, or Seoul. I was signing a one woman's book when she suddenly said in a choked voice, Hemin Sunyim, two months ago my children's father passed away in a car accident. I've been in such a state of shock that I've barely been outside these past two months. My younger brother gave me your book as a present, probably because he felt sorry for me. 
I cried so much while reading it, right from the first chapter. For some reason, I got the idea that if I only, if only I could meet you, that would give me the courage to go on and to look after my two children's properly. I live in the countryside, but I got the train early this morning to come up to meet you in person. Her voice was shaking, and her face was streaked with tears. In that moment, without realizing what I was doing, I got up from my seat, moved towards her, and opened my arms. After embracing her warmly for a while, I said, I too will pray for your children's departed father. His spirit will probably be watching you from the other world, seeing how you go on living, how well you look after the children. Right now you are terribly lonely, and life is very hard, but through this experience you will become stronger, wiser and more compassionate. From now on, things will gradually get better. Don't worry too much. I held her as she wept and thought to myself, though I am lacking in many ways, I want to be a person who can bring some small comfort to people, who can give them courage, like a ray of warm sunshine. If there is someone who needs a hug from me, I will do it willingly, gladly, and as often as they need. Those of you who are reading this, if you have family or friends who are going through a hard time, please remember to give them a warm hug now and then. Who knows, you really might extend their lives, and yours too. So very important that we give hugs because it shows us that we truly care about each other. Because I have experienced pain, I am able to embrace the pain of others. Because I have made mistakes, I am able to forgive others their mistakes. May my suffering become the seeds of compassion. If you want to express love to family or friends, we'll listen to them devoting your whole mind and heart to their words. If you listen with great care and interest, they will come to feel, I am a precious being, and this is what it feels like to be loved. Apparently, seeing a photo of someone you love can actually alleviate your pain, like taking Tylenol. And if you see a person helping someone, it boosts the happiness hormone inside your body as if you are the one lending a helping hand. When your loved one is suffering and needs you, just be there with her pain and suffering. Let her feel she is not alone. If you offer cheerful platitudes or look for quick solutions, it might be because you do not want to face her situation. Consider whether you are looking only for glib words to quickly put yourself at ease. I bumped into a high school friend for the first time in many years. He told me that when he saw his wife and children waiting for him at the train station holding umbrellas, it made him realize his purpose in life. The really important thing are so near at hand and yet it seems we forget them now and then. There are those who love you for who you are, and there are those who love you for what you do. There is no change in the love of those who love you for who you are, even when you make a mistake or fail. Such people are your true friends and family. To family or friends, who have experienced a setback, say, even though you didn't succeed this time, I am very proud of you. Under difficult circumstances, you didn't give up. That, to me, is a success. I wish you to be happy, but do not wait for someone to make you happy. Make the decision to be happy for yourself and act on it. Do not surrender to someone else the power to make you happy. When someone asks, how are you feeling? 
If you are unsure how to answer, just say pretty good. The moment you answer like that, you may actually start to feel good. When someone says something when they are tired, remember that it is their tiredness speaking. It is wise to leave important conversations for the next day after a good night's sleep. When someone is tired, bring them a cup of herbal tea and just leave them be. One expression of love is simply to leave someone to their own devices. Words hold great power. You will get better starting today. You are so talented. You will become an amazing writer. Your music will touch the hearts of many people one day. The moment someone says such words to you, a new field of possibility opens up to you. Words can become the seeds of reality. Even though that someone says, even though what someone says may be true, if it is spoken with heart, hatred and disdain, it will make you reluctant to agree with the person. We communicate not just with words, but also with the energy of our emotions. What words are said is important, but how they are said is often more important. We also communicate through our facial expressions and body language, through the volume and tone of our voice. Words that convey anger, violence and or sharp critiques appear to have more of an imminent effect than those that convey gentleness or compassion, but the use of negative means can come back to haunt the speaker, causing him regrets for hurting others for his own purpose. If you get angry, your anger creates an echo, bounding back at you without fail. Your anger arouses anger in others, who relate either immediately with the same intensity or indirectly over the course of many years in the form of gossip and passive-aggressive mind games. So the next time you get angry, keep in mind the cost. The house is a mess, but you don't have energy to tidy it up. In that case, invite your friends to your home. Suddenly you will feel a surge of energy which can get the whole house tidied in 20 minutes. When you are invited to a friend's house for dinner, ringing the bell five minutes after the appointed time seems the best thing to do. There are times when arriving a little bit late can be a big help, an extra five minutes for the final dinner preparations. I saw the movie intern and learned that a gentleman who carries a handkerchief does not only sorry does so not only for himself but also for anyone he meets who might need one. When we help other people rather than thinking I am helping them for their sake, think I am doing this because I enjoy helping people. Even if people you help end up not returning the favor you won't be so upset. At a time of need, you were helped. Now that things are better, you would like to return the favor. Unfortunately, the one who helped you is no longer in this world. In such case, please help young people whose situation is similar to what yours was. This will likely please the person who is no longer with you. When the eminent monk Byung-Chung Sunim visited New York, we took him to a nice bookstore in Manhattan. Byung-Chung Sunim told me generously, Hinamin Sunim, choose some books for yourself. Rather than picking out one or two, I thoroughly gathered up a pile of eight using the shoes that I needed them for my studies. Seeing this, a senior monk signaled to me that I should choose only one. But while I was hastily trying to put the book back, Byung de Sumen saw and said, To a student monk, books are like the bread we eat or the air we breathe. He bought all eight books for me and even inscribed them 
Hanum Sumin studied English for your PhD and spread great teachings to many people, Byungjing palm together. Palms together, sorry. I feel great in expanding to a love for your. I feel great in depthness to and love for my elders. I wish to be generous to the younger generation like they were to me. I miss Byungjung Sunim, who has already left this world. When we love someone, the greatest gift we can give is to be fully present for them. Listening is an act of love. Let's just see how long time we have. Yes, we just take a small break and I'll come back again. Yes, and I'm back again. Let's just keep going. There are times in our lives when a really difficult situation comes up and we want to talk about it with someone. At such times, what sort of person do you generally end up seeking out? A friend who is a smarter and better talker, or just one who seems like they will be on your side and listening warmly to what you have to say? Uh, see here. In my case, I generally go for the latter. Of course, talking with a friend who is more intelligent than I am can indeed be helpful, because they can home in on my problem objectively. But the more difficult the problem, the more likely I am to be left feeling a bit dissatisfied by coldly rational advice, however sensible. I probably long for someone warm and caring, who will listen to my struggling heart in an empathetic way. Something like that happened when I was teaching in Massachusetts. There were many times when teaching brought me great happiness and fulfillment. But there were also times when all I felt was I not cut out to be a college professor. For one, there were the cultural differences. Unlike students in Asia, for example, some students openly contradicted their professors. I welcomed those challenges and still believe that students should be allowed and even encouraged to have opinions different from those of their professors. But I was not used to the direct manner in which they refuted me in class. Sometimes I encountered students who were not serious about learning and came to class unprepared. They were a small minority, but as an inexperienced junior professor, I was quite distressed and even a little depressed about this. I hated myself for disliking difficult students, which made me feel very uncomfortable and guilty. Whenever I felt this way, I would want to talk it over with one of my senior colleagues. But rather than reaching out to those colleagues known to be clear-headed and direct, I usually ended up turning to senior colleagues who were kind-hearted and good listeners. If I think about why, I would say it's because there's more to be, more to being a good listener than simply listening. From someone's facial expressions, tone of voice and body language, we come to feel cared for and acknowledged and understood. When someone would focus on me, letting me say what I wanted to say without cutting me off or changing the subject, my troubled heart would begin to open up and I would share those bottled up stories one by one without fear of being judged. That was a huge weight of my chest and probably what I needed more than sound advice. After being a sympathetic witness to my situation, if my colleague were to share something similar that had happened to him, it would be an additional comfort knowing that I was not alone. As I started to have a greater perspective, I found it easier to accept my situation and to deal with my feelings. Being a monk and a professor, 
I often had to give a public lecture or Buddhist drama, uh, Dharma talk, but while certain audience laughed out loud at my silly humor and leave the lecture half uh, hall looking pleased and enlightened, others sit blank-faced in heavy silence. Even when I give exactly the same talk, the overall experience is hugely different without a lively audience. If my audience and I are attuned to each other, my words flow like a river, coursing through the hall in an atmosphere of spiritual vitality. But if my audience is not very receptive, I shrivel psychologically and cannot get across effectively what I have been prepared or what I have prepared. This is why I believe that listening is not a passive activity at all. Listening openly, patiently and attentively is one of the most significant expressions of love. I sometimes wonder why we stay up late uploading photos and messages to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. No one forces us to do so. It's simply it's simply that we want to share with the world what we did that day, what we thought about, what photos we took. I think this has to do with the fact that we want someone to listen to what we have to say, even if that someone is the impersonal online world. Because only then do we feel that our actions have meaning, that our existence have value. Without people to pay attention to us, our lives would feel empty, like being alone on a stage without an audience. With this in mind, I would encourage people to think every once in a while about whether they are friends or family members or, sorry, every once in a while about whether there are friends or family members going through a difficult time. Even though we may not have solutions to the problem they are facing, they will be grateful just to know we are willing to listen. I think the process of healing begins when we open our hearts and listen empathetically. We can help people not because we know the solutions to their problems, but because we care enough to stay and lend our ears. Lend our ears, sorry. Knowing that others have gone through similar difficulties, they become better equipped to cope with theirs. When we tell someone about our problems, more often than not, we do not want to hear the right words from them. We simply want to be heard. When someone speaks to you, do not rush to give them advice. Hear them out. Rather than trying to improve someone, just be a mirror, reflecting them without judgment. If you want them to improve, you stop seeing them as they are. Instead, you see only their shortcomings, measured against your own subjective standards. Genuine love seems to love in spite of. Of course, it is easy to love the part we agree with, but when we learn to embrace the part we disagree with, that is when liking turns into loving. Children are eager to show off their scars because they like to receive loving attention from others. But if you look closely, adults are just the same. When you are hurt or struggling, when you are sad or depressed, don't always keep it to yourself. At times, bear your wounds like a child and say, I am in pain. When we think we already know someone, we stop making an effort to know them better. When we do not know someone, we make an effort to get to know them. Love is the state of not knowing and of wanting to know more. Consider whether you think you already know your loved ones. If you do, you are failing to see them as they are right now and seeing them instead through the prisms of previously held opinions. When you hear a close friend being slandered, do you absolutely need to tell that friend? If it will serve only to hurt your friend, what is the point of sharing it? 
the friend who backbites others in front of you will probably backbite you when you are not there. If you point out someone's faults, don't expect their behavior to change. Often all that happens is that they get hurt. Instead, praise their strength, which will grow to overshadow their weaknesses. When you meet someone, compliment them, even if it is just out of politeness. Tell them they look happier or healthier, or that their outfit or hair looks especially good. If you do, things will start off on the right foot, and everything from that point will flow more easily. In winter, going about Manhattan in a gray quilted monk robe, I would sometimes hear people say, How original! Where can I buy one? Winter can be really cold, right? I saw an advertisement saying people are like heaters. Our present can warm each other. May you be a heater for someone today. Many of us experience disconnections and related feelings like rejection, disappointment and loneliness. If you are suffering in this way, pray for one who has broken away from you. Send them some positive energy and good wishes. Choosing not to hate them in the best revenge, sorry, choosing not to hate them is the best revenge, the only kind that won't leave a lasting wound in your heart. When dealing with someone unyielding and difficult, say to yourself, Just like me, he needs to support his family. Just like me, he's thinking about his future. Just like me, he must be facing a hardship that not many people know about. When someone does something to distress you for not apparent reason for or for no apparent reason, or behaves completely unreasonable for your own sake, repeat to yourself, big world, some weirdos. It's okay for us to disagree, but if we do, you should say that my opinion is different from yours, not wrong. There is a huge difference. Try putting yourself in my shoes. How would you feel if you were told you were wrong just for being different? It is hard to know things as they really are, because when we hear something, we rely on past experiences to understand it. Ten people hearing the same story will each interpret it differently, since their individual histories leads them to focus on different aspects. Each of us has our own unique perspective. Seen from it, everyone seems to be right. But if we want to come to an agreement, rather than asserting our own perspective, we need to say, Your perspective reveals something that I had been unaware of. Tell me more, because I want to understand it. Instead of trying to persuade, we should try to understand the other person. <clears throat> we hurt each other often, or we hurt each other more often through ignorance than through spite. If we have heard each other say, I'm very sorry I want to resolve it, this. I must have misunderstood you. We often hurt people without knowing it. Genuine, genuine, repent, genuine repentance should be directed towards not only those we have hurt knowingly, but also the many we have hurt unwillingly. The good driver sees the organic flow of all the cars on the road and because sorry the good driver sees the organic flow of all the cars on the road and becomes one with the flow upon joining it the bad driver does not see this flow as a whole and thinks only of how he himself is driving when i feel compelled to interfere in someone else's business, I try to ask myself, am I concentrating on the task I have been given? 
When my meditation practice is going well, I am too busy looking within myself to bother with other people's affairs. But when I cannot concentrate on my meditation practice, my mind starts to wander and notice the faults of in others. And I soon see they are my own faults reflected back on me. No one has asked me to focus my attention there. In moments like this, I recall my original intentions of being a monk and return to my practice. Now we come to chapter number four, Relationships. Let's just see how long time we have left. Yes. So it's very important when we have these conversations that we try as good as we can to focus on a on this conversation as something that can enlighten us, that we can get to know this person at a more deeper level. As he said right here was that if we truly loved another person, are we stop or do we stop allowing us to get to know that person even deeper. We say to ourselves, yes, I have learned enough about this person. Because that is not love. Love is when you constantly want to know another person even deeper. And when you disregard their faults and verbals and see the beauty in uh, this person, see the loving kindness in this person and try to be a good listener without interrupting being 100% in the moment when you listen to that person that person will open up and share his or her inner thoughts with you and then you can get to know that person at a more deeper and profound level and your love for that person will grow and the love of that person will also return to yourself. That's the way it works. So you have to show love to other human beings before you can receive love from them. So it's very important that we mold our mind in a more empathetic mindset, that we truly emerge ourselves in the conversation, truly being there in the moment, just listening with a alert mind, not always interrupting, not always giving advice, but just being a good listener. Now that person will feel that you are a good and loving and kind person that wants to get to know you better and to want to show you love and compassion and kindness at an even more profound and deeper level. So when we come to relationships, it's also very important, as I've been explaining many times, that that we are aware of each other's differences, difference of opinions, but we see it as an opportunity to get to know another person's opinion, regardless of your own opinion, as a way of showing even more love and compassion and kindness. So it's very important that when we meditate, as you could also hear him talk about, you realize that if you have difficulty meditating, your mind starts to wander and you start to see other people's mistakes. And of course, this is a reflection of yourself, so it is basically your own mistakes that you are reflecting on other people. So you should also be aware of your mind and how it tends to wander in a not-so-positive direction and getting your mind back to yourself again so that you can control it, so that you can look ahead 
at the task at hand. And the task at hand was to show more empathy to your fellow human beings. And of course, I can go on for hours talking about this. I'm not going to. It's just going to be one hour, because in the weekend I can perhaps do two hours. But you have to realize that when you start this journey and you see your own mistakes or your own personality flaws or you see other people's personality flaws, accepting them and focusing on the positive things in yourself, in your own personality and in others can actually make you more relaxed, more in tune with yourself. And becoming more in tune with yourself, you can become in tune with the great Creator, Jehovah God. And when you pray to Him in the name of Jesus Christ, of course, because you recognize this greatest sacrifice that they have made, because it is only through the faith of Jehovah God and His one begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that we can get this resurrection. We are all getting a resurrection. When we die, we are opening up our eyes to a new world where the angels of Jehovah God and, of course, the first angel, Jesus Christ, is going to be there. So what are we going to show up with? Are we going to show up with a beautiful resume of showing love and compa compassion and kindness towards ourselves and towards others? Have we put in the effort to clear our minds of the garbage from the garbage can? Have we filled our mind up with positive thoughts and ideas from positive human beings? Have we meditated on the kind of person that we truly deep inside know that Jehovah God wants us to be. Because he wants us to be a loving and caring and kind person. A person who can accept other people's difference of opinions, can be a good listener, can show empathy, can show the merciful Samaritan in our lives. So very importantly that we get in tune with the creator of the universe. And through meditation and through our efforts into molding our mind in the direction that we know he wants, we can actually start having a more pleasurable relationship with ourselves and others and also the creator. And I'm not saying that it's going to be easy because I know when you, once you start praying to Jehovah God in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are going to experience a lot of nightmares, of course, because the great opponent of Jehovah God, is, uh, Satan, Satan and his demons, are not going to allow you to escape so easily. So you need to be persistent. You need to be aware of the fact that this is a struggle. But you will win this struggle if you keep on praying to Jehovah God in the name of Jesus Christ. Because Satan and his demons do not like the name Jehovah God. Because they know what awaits them. Total destruction in the new world. Because they have rebelled against Jehovah God, the punishment is severe the punishment is from the Almighty One, ever, ever destruction, or it's basically total destruction. So therefore, they are very angry at you when they, or when they can see that you start searching for Jehovah God, the Almighty One. So be aware of this, but also be aware of the fact that Jehovah God, he always wants to show love and compassion and kindness towards you. So be aware of the fact that you have to be persistent. 
this has to be your way of life, so to speak. You have to think about him 24-7, you have to pray for him as much as you can, and you have to be in a mindset of a loving and caring and kind human being. So meditation, getting rid of the garbage can, and using these books, as you can hear clearly here, from other people who also want the same thing as you do, wants the same mindset as you do, is very important. Because that's the only way that you can have a happy and content life. Because, as you probably have felt, once you have occupied your mind with with, thumb, with stuff from the garbage can, you feel some bad emotions in you. You have some bad thoughts within yourself. And these come from the garbage can. So saying no to it is extremely important. And it starts off with you, of course. I cannot change your mind. You have to change your mind for yourself. You have to be willing to say no to all the negative stuff in in the world and start focusing on being a positive human being with a positive outlook on life and filling your mind off with other positive human beings that want the same personality as you want. So, just before we close, I hope that this podcast was helpful for you. I hope there was something that you could use in your own life. There were some thoughts and ideas in my podcast that made you think in a more positive direction. That might even mean that you change your life circumstances, that you change your life in a way that is going to be more beneficial for you, that is going to allow yourself to show love and compassion and kindness and receive love and compassion and kindness from other human beings. So you see, it's very simple, but it's also a bit difficult because it is up to you. It's not up to me. I know which way I want to go. I will know the way I want my mind to go. And it is in a loving and caring and kind way towards myself and towards others. So that's why I'm making this podcast. I'm making it not only for your sake, but also for my own. Because I hope sincerely that making this can mold my mind in a direction that I want so that I have positive thoughts about other human beings. That's the only way I have found out to express who I truly feel about myself or how I truly feel about myself deep down inside when I start changing myself, when I start changing who I am in a positive way. But it requires some work, it requires some effort, it requires some meditation, it requires willpower. So have the power to will your own life. Do not allow other people to mold your mind. But allow positive human beings, only positive human beings, to mold your mind. So start today by saying no to things from the garbage can, saying no to all the negative crap, and saying yes to a more loving and caring and empathetic life where you can show the same empathy that the merciful Samaritan did. So this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. I hope this was a pleasure for you. I hope it did not get too close, but I also hope that it provided you with some comfort about the world situation 
and where we are headed. Because <clears throat> we are only headed in the direction that you want your mind to go. So allowing your mind to go in the more loving and caring and kind way, I believe is going to be the most beneficial thing that you can do in your life. So be very selective of what you put through your eyes and ears. Make it the positive things, positive ideas, positive human beings that you occupy your mind with, because that is going to make you feel truly happy and content with your life. It is going to uplift you in your pursuit of everlasting love and kindness from Jehovah God, the Almighty One. So this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It is the 7th of June 2021. The time is 21.06 and it is Monday. Bye.